0: And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Wednesday, August the 4th, 2021 in the year of our Lord. Today on August 4, 1987, the Federal Communications Commission voted four to nothing, four to zero to abolish the fairness doctrine. The Fairness doctrine required radio and television stations to present balanced coverage of controversial issues. That happened under, of course, President Ronald Reagan. Today in 1790, the U.S. Coast Guard had its beginnings. President George Washington signed a measure authorizing a group of revenue cutters to enforce tariff and trade laws and prevent smuggling. That was their mission back in 1790. Probably still is, with a whole lot of other things attached to it as well. Today, in 1892, business, businessman uh, Andrew Borden and his wife, Abby, were axed to death in their home in Fall River, Massachusetts. Lizzie Borden, Andrew's daughter from a previous marriage, was accused of killing the two, but she was later acquitted when she went to trial. The Borden family, as you know, is associated with <clears throat> food family. Borden, like condensed milk, you know, that Borden, and they a lot of other products as well, I'm sure. they were very, very wealthy family. It was in the news for years after that. <clears throat> it wasn't not so much now, I suppose. But nonetheless, that happened today in 1892. Today, in 1914, Britain declared war on Germany for invading Belgium. The United States proclaimed neutrality. That neutrality would not last because, of course, the United States was drawn into World War I, as well, Today, in 1916, the United States reached agreement with Denmark to purchase the Danish Virgin Islands. They paid $25 million for the islands. Today, in 1944, 15-year-old diary writer Anne Frank, she was arrested with her sister, her parents, and four others by the Gestapo. They'd been hiding for two years inside a building in Amsterdam. Anne and her sister, Margot, they died at the Bergen-Belsen concentration camp, as we know. As you know, her father later came across the diary that she had kept during their days in hiding. That was published and has become a phenomenal bestseller. People have still buy that diary to this day or what was in the diary. Ten years ago today, a Texas jury conv- convicted polygamous sect, le- sect leader uh, Warren Jeffs. They convicted him of child sexual assault in a case stemming from two young followers he'd taken as brides in what his church, quote-unquote church, called spiritual marriages. Jeffs was sentenced to life in prison. Five years ago today, talking to reporters at the Pentagon, President Barack Obama vigorously denied that the $400 million cash payment to Iran that he had delivered, had a plane fly into Iran, to Tehran, in the middle of the night and unload a pallet off the back of the plane that had cash, U.S. dollars strapped on the pallet, $400 million in cash. I can tell you this conversation would have been different. Barack Obama, I'm sure, would have been denying the fact that there was any cash exchange had someone not been taking pictures of the whole event in the dark there in uh, Iran when our people unloaded $400 million on a pallet in Iran said, thank you very much. We'll see you sometime. And the pictures went viral. They were all over the place on the Internet and elsewhere. And so President Barack Obama didn't have the option of denying that it happened. So he was denying at this point today and five years ago that the 400 million dollars in cash really wasn't for ransom even though iran immediately did what they were supposed to do once they received the 400 million dollars in cash and when we talk about the government giving iran 400 million as a political stunt really I mean, of course, the people's lives were important. Of course, every life is important. And every president should do everything they can to get political prisoners freed in other countries around the world. But good grief. Because he was unable to negotiate, and his people, $400 million in cash... And sometimes we allow ourselves to begin to think, boy, the government sure spends a lot of their money unwisely, don't they? And we forget that it's not their money. It's your money and my money if you pay taxes. And yes, they do spend it very unwisely, more and more all the time. But let us not forget where their money comes from. It's really the taxpayers' Andrew Cuomo looks like he's about out as governor of New York. He's been saying for a long time, and he said again last night, he said, I have never touched or uh, did anything inappropriate with a woman. And there's, I don't know, what, 12 or 14 of them lined up saying, yes, you did. And I'm one of them. And um, I think it's caught up with him. Apparently, he lives a pretty loose and easy life from what I've gathered. I don't know him. I don't know how he lives. But it's not looking good for him because even... Even Mr. Biden, who himself has some charges against him. And I wonder, no one has asked about it. They won't, the press. But President Biden is telling Andrew Cuomo now to resign. So is Nancy Pelosi. When you get that low in the sphere of of relativism where nothing is wrong unless I say it's wrong and truth is what I say in that whole venue, when you get to the point where people are saying, yeah, you better resign and they're on your side, it's pretty bad. So I think como I mean, I can't see how he'll politically survive this episode, but he's, of course, leading the news stories this morning. Got this note from a couple who support this ministry. Dear Gary, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Thought I'd pass that along to you. I read the mail that we get. I see it all. Look at all of it. Read it. Um, I don't respond to all of it, of course, but um, and it's a growing amount, thankfully, praise the Lord, because we have expanded the ministry and we are needing to hear from more of you, and and we are. But I would encourage you if you're, you know, if you're new to the program, if you haven't been listening for a while, or if you've just started listening. Um, Let me encourage you to join us. We need your help. We need your support, particularly in the Portland area. We're new on KPDQ, um, and um, we're beginning to hear from people in the Portland area. We need to hear from you. We need to meet our budget in Portland. We're not now, and we didn't expect to right away, but pray about it. If you feel the Lord is speaking to your heart, join us. Help us. Stand with us in what we're doing in these days, these are perilous times, much like Paul defined in a letter to Timothy. It would be the last letter that Paul would write before he was killed for the sake of the gospel. He wrote about perilous times. These are perilous times as well. So thank you for standing with us and thank you for your support. Our address is Box 399 Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399 Bellevue, 98009 or you can go to our website it's faithandfreedom.us there's are a lot of faith and freedoms out there there were not when we started using this name and incorporated it but there there are now there are many of them so be careful some one is muslim uh, some are okay organizations but they weren't using that name back in the day when we first took this name And put those words together. But anyway, it's faithandandfreedom.us. The first page you'll see, my name is there. We've had to do that to identify it. And you can go on there. You can contribute. Um, There's a tab there. You can contribute online there. It's easy to do. Even I can do it. And I have. Marjorie and I support this ministry. I wouldn't ask you to do something I don't do myself. So we do. And thank you in advance for standing with us. We need your support we need you to stand with us. As I said, particularly in the Portland area now, we want to get up to budget as quickly as we can. I mentioned Second Timothy chapter 3. Uh, Paul was writing to a young pastor, Timothy. He said, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce-breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such turn away. For all of this sort are they which creep into houses, And lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers' lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. I would submit to you that these are those kinds of days, and I think you would agree with me. I want to talk to you a little bit about ever learning, never coming to the knowledge of the truth. The left is obsessed with making progress. They're always talking about making progress. We're making progress. Ocasio-Cortez, Bernie Sanders, doesn't matter if you're 100 years old or 30 years old, they're always trying to make progress. Make progress. Well, progress is a good thing as opposed to not making progress, I suspect. Or they're talking now about making a great leap forward. President Biden is talking about making a great leap forward. Obama, President Obama dreamed of remaking America. I'd be interested to know if someone took the time to count how many times he used that phrase. We're remaking America. But his former vice president, our now president, is much more aggressive in what he's calling America's great leap forward. The World Economic Forum, I've talked about that before. They meet in Davos, Switzerland. And I've talked about them. They had a meeting here just a while back and I I talked at some length about that meeting and what they were discussing there. But anyway, the World Economic Forum is a very far left so-called progressive. They released a video on Monday in which they explain what they call the Great Reset. So we've got making progress, making a great leap forward, remaking America, a giant leap forward, and a Great Reset. So that's kind of what these people are up to. They're ever learning, but they're never coming to the knowledge of the truth. They're talking about, in their Great Reset, they're predicting, in fact, what human life will look like in the near future, and how technology will help us, quote, better understand what it means to be human. The Great great Reset folks are saying, quote, we're getting past the last 10,000 years. In other words, we're getting rid of the past trust us for a new world order. Those are their words, not mine. Let's take a closer look at this new world order that they are ready to present. the, The curtain is being drawn, they're walking out on stage. Pat Buchanan, he worked for President Reagan in the Reagan administration along with other positions in government. I think he ran for president at one point. He's also been a lifelong political observer He wrote an article that was published yesterday in which he outlined how Biden's great leap forward is a leap into socialism. Well, it is indeed that. It's much more than that, but it is that. He's right. It's into the world of Bernie Sanders and Ocasio-Cortez and Elizabeth Warren. Beginning just seven weeks into his presidency, Joe Biden signed a $1.9 trillion COVID-19 relief bill. It passed without a single Republican vote because they can do that because they have the majority. Narrow as it is, it is a majority. And if they need it, they have the vice president's vote, of course. You remember it sent $1,400 to most Americans. They got a check or an automatic deposit. It extended a $300 per week unemployment insurance boost, which expires, by the way, September 6, I think it is. It expanded the child tax credit for a year, and it put $350 billion into state, local, and tribal relief. This past weekend, a bipartisan group of senators, bipartisan in quotes, including Republican Mitch McConnell and 17 other Republicans, they crafted a $1 trillion measure to repair and expand the nation's roads, bridges, ports, airports, and broadband. If you even glance at the bill, it's breathtaking to see how much of this $1 trillion has nothing to do with infrastructure. It's most of it. Up next is a $3.5 trillion measure to remake America by expanding social and uh, environmental programs, extend the reach of public education and government-paid health care, and, of course, the biggest winner of all, climate change. It is a win for progressives. If these measures are passed into law, and it appears they will, for the reasons I said, they have, albeit very narrow, they have a majority. Some already have passed. Buchanan said this will would constitute the greatest leap forward toward socialism of any American president. With Biden's only rivals being previous record holders, Franklin D. Roosevelt during the 1930s, his New Deal and Lyndon Johnson's Great Society in the 1960s. No, I don't remember FDR. I do remember Lyndon Johnson's. I was a mere baby, truly, but I do remember. So how does President Biden see this? Well, here's what he said the other day. He said, the bipartisan infrastructure deal is the largest infrastructure bill in a century. It will grow the economy, create good-paying jobs, and set America on a path to win the future. Yeah, but it never has done that in the past. It has never worked. C.S. Lewis has talked quite a bit or wrote quite a bit about progressivism. One of the quotes that he has, I don't have it in front of me, but I have quoted him and I've quoted him on this program before in regard to progressivism. But he said, and I'm paraphrasing him, C.S. Lewis, he said, progressivism, he said, is a person walking down a wrong path and he said, when they realize they're on the wrong path, they refuse to go back and take the right path. They just keep pressing forward. That's called progressivism. And that's exactly what these people do. They keep trying these things that are so-called progressive in government, whether it's, whether it's the economy, whether it's, it's whatever it is, any part of the economy, education or whatever. And they realize, oh, this isn't working. So they just press forward. And It's not only here in American politics, but it's around the world. You see these countries, you wonder, how do they get to where they are? Like Cuba, like Venezuela, there are others. How do they get there? It's because they keep telling themselves they're progressive or some form of that thought process, and they just keep pressing forward. They're unwilling to admit this isn't working. They will never admit it isn't working. So they keep pressing forward. Lewis nailed it when he said the true progressive is the one who goes back to where they made the mistake, corrects it, and gets on the right path, and makes progress. That's kind of where we are in our culture today. This World Economic Forum has released a video in which authentic futurists foretell what human life is gonna look like after their so-called reset, and they say they're on the threshold of making this reset, thanks to the pandemic and the shutdowns. And now it looks like we may be entering another phase when the governors will arise again, maybe, and they'll start shutting things down again. I mean, that could happen. They say in their video, and I included that in an article that I wrote today, it's on our website, faithandfreedom.us. The one video says, and it's embedded in the article I wrote, take a walk into the future. World Economic Forum, they put it out on Monday. They talk about great reset, technological wonders, which will free humanity from manual labor in favor of work, which requires understanding what it means to be human. Professors, Stuart Russell of the University of California, Berkeley says in the video, we're getting past the last 10,000 years, where we've used humans, by and large, engaging only a tiny fraction of human abilities and forcing people into repetitive, tedious, dead-end work, for the most part. When I heard him say that, I thought, yeah, I know what tedious, dead-end work, for the most part, feels like. When I was 16 years old and out working after school, thinning apples. That was in the central Washington orchards where I grew up. That's tedious. I thought it was dead-end work, but it wasn't. It was very productive. So if you didn't thin the apples, they stayed little and nobody wanted to buy them. I mean, every orchardist in the world knows that. So what appears to be tedious and dead-end to these futurist people is actually the work of what happens in the real world. And I just use my own experience as an example, but. They go on, they say, so the age of human robots is over, and we have, have to figure out a new age. That means dramatic changes to the structure of our economy and our society. This professor, Amy Webb, she's at New York University, she's predicting the increased use of editing genomes in order to, quote, write a new code for life and, quote, redesign organisms beneficial purposes. She notes that this process has already begun with some of the coronavirus vaccines which she notes quote makes use of an engineered code in the form of messenger RNA. She also predicts that the use of diminished reality glasses which will enable the wearer to remove unwanted things from their view such as garbage I'm quoting her such as garbage or other people. So how does this relate to Biden's leap into socialism? Well, I'll tell you. Humanists and socialists are taking the leap hand in hand. It's like two kids at the swimming hole, and they jump off a cliff into the water holding hands. And they're jumping off a cliff. In June of last year, the founder and executive chairman of the World Economic Forum, this guy's name is Klaus Schwab. I think he's taken a step back, but he's the founder. His name is Klaus Schwab, like Santa Claus, except with a K. Anyway, famously, he declared that the Chinese coronavirus was an opportunity for global governments to introduce a great reset of capitalism. A globalist German engineer argued that the world, quote, world must act jointly and swiftly to revamp all aspects of our societies and economies. See, this is where these people are coming from. This is what they're thinking. This is what they're doing, and they're putting millions and billions of dollars behind this for all kinds of reasons. They hate America. They hate Western culture, even though they have become very wealthy because of the opportunities in the Western culture. The group based in Davos involves some of the most wealthy, influential people in the world. They've been pushing this agenda for a number of years. This isn't new, but there's a renewed energy, a renewed hopefulness that they're going to finally push up over the hump and make it and change this world forever, particularly the leader, United States of America. Back in 2016, they released a video predicting a happy future in which individuals no longer own property. I put that video in the article I wrote today as well. <clears throat> it's eight predictions for the world by 2030. It's interesting. They're saying, welcome to the year 2030 in this video. It was made in 2016, as I said. Welcome to my city, or should I say our city. I don't own anything. I don't own a car. I don't own a house. I don't own any appliances or any clothes. That is, my friends, utopia for you, not for them, but for you and me. More recently, they've been hailing the benefit of quieter cities as a result of the coronavirus lockdowns. They've been talking about that a lot lately. They've been saying things like, have you noticed how quiet the city is since we had the lockdown? That was the lockdown that was ending now, kind of. And now these people will not be able to restrain themselves. I promise you, you're going to hear about lockdowns. I know they're saying, no, I'm not going to, Jay Inslee's been saying, we're not going to have lockdowns but they say a lot of things and then they don't do it the science changes you know from day to day depending on the circumstances but nonetheless we're in that kind of in that back in that threshold again and, and there's conversation about it but they've been talking about quieter cities and they've been saying that the cities are quieter they're they're healthier emotionally for the people who live there Because of the lockdown, wouldn't it be nice if our cities could remain more quiet? Would that require another lockdown? Well, it doesn't matter because the end goal is that we are happier and you'll be happier if your city is quieter and we can create a quieter city by locking down people, by restricting how people move and when they move around and so on. That's called improving cities around the world. They have a whole section on that. Their message is essentially, trust us, we're not evil, we're here to help you, help you have a better life. So who cares about what these guys, these rich guys are doing? If you're like me, you're probably thinking, why should I care about these quasi-Marxists? Well, first of all, some of their ideas are driving actual innovation in business and manufacturing, but more importantly, people of this mind are educating tens of millions of our kids in government-run public education. K through university. They're stealing our children. The ideology of socialism has never succeeded ever, but we have more kids today that think it could than ever before in America. That's one reason we should know about this. We should be informed. It isn't for the benefit of the people because it doesn't benefit people. Socialism inoculates people with a false sense of security until they become dependent and in bondage. Their new age involves a different kind of new slavery, as far as I'm concerned. Not the enhanced freedom and happiness that they promise. It's much like Satan himself. He promises all of these things to the person who follows him into the pit and mire of sin. And yet, in the end, they are destroyed by the very act that they were led into by Satan himself. I mean, that is the story of humanity. And it's the story of cultures who follow the so-called progressivism, That's being foisted on us today. Every part of this leap or reset or whatever they choose to call it stands in absolute contradiction to God's plan for humanity and to history. These people, while claiming God doesn't exist, many of them, not all, but many of them do, they're trying to assume the role of God in both our economy and our culture. That didn't work out for Satan. He was cast out when he tried to usurp God. It's not going to work for these people. The first volume of Edward Gibbons' The History of the Decline and Fall of the Roman Empire was published in 1776, the same year, interestingly enough, that we signed the Declaration of Independence. But our founders had a deep appreciation and understanding of the structure of the Roman Republic. They studied it. Rome had many gods, but the United States recognized only one god, the god of the Bible, Almighty God himself. That is the difference between America and every other nation that has ever existed on the face of this earth. That's why I believe God is calling his people to stand up, be informed, and have a take a position in our nation. I'll see you tomorrow.